0: When the hero encounters a stronger, smarter adversary, she must grow up fast or get a lot of help. But what if the villain is the one who helps her? I'm Rem Whitcraft, and this is Fiction Briefly. For all the good in the world, there are those who would subvert it. Sometimes those villains have a lot of power, and sometimes they squeeze as much influence as they can from their 10x10 cell. A villain may be pitted against the projected potential of the orphaned hero who isn't very powerful in the beginning. In this respect, Luke has Vader, Harry has Voldemort, and Clarice Starling has Hannibal Lecter. Written by Thomas Harris in 1988, the novel Silence of the Lambs became a multiple Oscar winning film in 1992. This story is unique in the way the villain nurtures the hero to develop her potential. Audiences both fear and admire aspects of the cannibal doctor, but our hero faces this fear without falling victim to his astonishing mind. If you haven't read or seen Silence of the Lambs and don't mind a little gore, do check it out. This story does not follow Vladimir Propp's order of events as discussed in his book Morphology of the Folktale. However, the results are pretty near perfect in my opinion. Beware. Spoilers ahead. Science fiction and fantasy author Brandon Sanderson says that protagonists should be competent, yet real and sympathetic. In his BYU lecture series available on YouTube, he maintains that these qualities drive the story. Starling shows a lot of fear, maybe too much, yet she doesn't back down when she must walk down the corridor lined by open cells for the criminally insane. Sexist comments and come-ons knock her off balance throughout the film, but she writes herself and moves on. She shows weakness time and time again when it comes to securing a location, both in practice and when in mortal danger. But when fear clouds her senses, her instincts take over. Heroes' frailties make them relatable, but so does their drive. As characters go, they can't get more real than the cannibal doctor and the achievement-oriented orphan. Each has a believable agenda which moves the plot. When asked if Lecter is some kind of vampire, Starling replies, they don't have a name for what he is. It takes a special type of overachiever to face this worst type of demon and come out unscathed. She doesn't give up, and this overrides her faults. As I mentioned, the plot points in Vladimir Propp's Morphology the Folktale were not followed in their proper order but his list remains useful for identifying key events in the story. The first is Absentation, where a member of the family leaves home. The movie begins with Clarice Starling's physical training at the FBI obstacle course in the woods near Quantico, Virginia, far from where she grew up in Bozeman, Montana. Number two on Prop's list is The Interdiction where the hero is told to avoid a person or a place. Given a chance to do some field work in profiling criminal behavior, Starling is warned not to take anything from the inmate or get too close. And because the inmate is the manipulative psychiatrist and notorious cannibal murderer Hannibal Lecter, the warning extends to giving out personal information. Her FBI superior says, Believe me, you don't want Hannibal Lecter inside your head. Just do your job, but never forget what he is. In Stage 8, Lack, the story focuses on what the hero is missing. Starling is just a student. She has no real-world experience and needs to master her skills in pursuing an assailant. At first, she fails her big chance, getting turned away by Hannibal Lecter. Starling makes her way out of the cell block and gets hit in the face with seminal fluid, thrown by another inmate. This jumps us to stage 22, Rescue, where someone rescues the hero. Lecter calls Starling back to his cell, and provides her with what he knows is a clue to solving the Buffalo Bill serial murder case. This information seems to have been given out of pity, or perhaps desperation on the part of Lecter. If Starling were to give up at this point, Lecter would have lost out on this possible human connection. Calling her back leads us to stage 14, provision of a magical agent. This magical agent is opportunity. Lecter builds her up by singling her out, giving her information he has given no one else. He allows her to work for the information he gives her, which also gives her a feeling of accomplishment. In Stage 13, Hero's Reaction, the hero's skills are tested or she frees a captive. She reacts to the actions of the donor. The indignity suffered by Starling in the prison initiates her into the cruelty of the real world. This is her chosen field, and at this point, she doesn't know if she possesses the ability to thrive in such an environment. After an emotional breakdown in the parking lot of the prison, Starling regathers herself and goes back to school. Stage 9, Mediation, is where the hero learns what she's up against. After the inmate offends Starling, Lecter kills him with his powers of persuasion, showing Starling the danger of getting too close. In Stage 15, Guidance, the hero is led to an important object. Solving Lecter's riddle leads Starling to a storage rental unit containing evidence linked to the Buffalo Bill case. Buffalo Bill is a serial murderer on the loose, but his capture is somewhat less important to the relationship between Starling and Lecter. This turns us back to stage 12, first function of the donor. With the help of a magical agent or helper, the hero gets tested. Starling is physically weaker than she would like to be, This weakness appears often in the movie, like when she can't pry open a door or struggles during physical training sessions. At the storage unit, Starling gets no help from the owner or his chauffeur when she can't get inside. But Starling supplements her strength with intelligence, solving the problem of the stuck door with a car jack, which magically makes her stronger than she really is. This demonstrates her self-sufficiency, even after reaching out for help. Lecter has given her a chance she doesn't want to miss. She goes the easy route first, then works her way around the problem. In stage 17, Branding, the hero is scarred. Starling scrapes her leg as she crawls under the storage door. Typically, branding will be used in a story to show the mortality of the hero, but in this case, her injury reveals a near supernatural quality in the villain. When she returns to his prison, Lecter somehow senses the bleeding has stopped, adding to his frightening mystique. In Stage 3 Violation, Starling takes a towel Lecter offers her to dry off from the rain. This will not be the only violation in the story, as these strategic moves are what gives Starling her advantage over other criminal interviewers. In Stage 4, Reconnaissance, the villain makes an effort to attain knowledge needed to fulfill their plot. Lecter tries to probe Starling's mind from the beginning. But it isn't until the famous quid pro quo line when Starling really falls in danger. The more she reveals about herself, the more he can manipulate her. He knows she desperately wants an investigative win to prove herself in the law enforcement world and says, I'll help you catch him, Clarice. After another Buffalo Bill murder victim is found, we come to stage 29, Transfiguration, where the hero gains a new appearance. With newfound confidence, Starling presents a false package to Lecter, promising a cell with a view and increased privileges in return for his cooperation in catching Buffalo Bill. All the way back to stage 5 on Prop's list is Delivery, where the villain succeeds in their reconnaissance from stage 4. I pair this step with 3, Violation, where the hero ignores one of many warnings she's been given. Starling tells Lecter about the death of her father and her hope to end a recurring nightmare where she wakes up to the sound of screaming lambs. This revelation contrasts hero and villain, as it defines Starling as a savior of life, and Lecter as a destroyer. In stage 6, Trickery, the villain tries to trick the victim either to capture the victim or steal something valuable. Lecter uses his special knowledge of the serial killer to obtain Buffalo Bill's case files from Starling. Seven, complicity, the victim is either fooled or forced into cooperation. With the senator's daughter identified as Buffalo Bill's latest victim, Lecter holds all the advantage with none of the risk. As a captive criminal, he toys with this advantage until Starling gives him what he wants, information about her and the case. But in stage 24, unfounded claims, a false hero appears. Dr. Chilton, the psychiatrist overseeing the prison, moves Hannibal Lecter to a different location to procure information about the Buffalo Bill killer and take the credit away from Starling and the FBI. By stage 27 recognized, the hero is recognized. Through Dr. Chilton, Lecter discovers Starling's lying capability and his failure to see through her charade when she offered him a false deal. In Stage 28, Exposure, the false hero or villain is exposed. Dr. Chilton further impedes Starling's FBI investigation, keeping the notoriety for saving the latest victim for himself. Unfortunately, the information Lecter gives him is false, and only Starling is hip to his deceit. In Stage 8, Villainy, the villain harms someone. Lecter escapes his new prison, a steel cage in Memphis. Using an implement accidentally left by his nemesis, Dr. Chilton, Lecter frees himself from handcuffs, killing his guards and several other people in the process. While the FBI tracks down another false lead, Starling continues her investigation into the first of Buffalo Bill's victims, landing on the doorstep of the killer. She quickly realizes his identity and pulls her weapon, but the villain escapes. Now we reach stage 16, Struggle, where the hero and villain fight. For the purposes of this stage, the villain is now Buffalo Bill. He has the advantage. Starling has no knowledge of the layout of the house, and is never killed before. Her squeamishness to the evidence of his crimes further debilitates her, adding to her fear. We skip to 25, Difficult tasks where the hero must solve a difficult problem. Alone and in the dark, Starling must save both her own life and that of the victim without contact with or help from her colleagues at the FBI. In Stage 21, Pursuit, the hero is pursued by an adversary. Buffalo Bill wears night vision goggles to pursue Starling in his blacked out basement. He stalks her, reaching out in the dark, but she can't sense his presence. He trains his gun on her head for a kill shot. But Starling's instincts and intense training kick in during the crucial moment when Buffalo Bill cocks his weapon. This is stage 26 solution, where the hero is triumphant. Before he can pull the trigger, she fires several rounds into him, removing the barrier over the window. Light pours in, and she can see stage 18 victory when the villain is defeated. Buffalo Bill dies from his injuries. The movie continues with stage 19 liquidation of lack, where the initial lack has been removed. Starling performs well in the mental portions of her training, but has now proven herself in the physical portion as well, removing any doubts she may have in her abilities. In stage 31, Wedding, the hero marries and is rewarded or promoted by the family or community, typically ascending to a throne. Starling graduates, earning the special attention and praise of her FBI superior. The movie ends with stage 30, Punishment, where the villain suffers the consequences of their actions, perhaps at the hands of the hero, the avenged victims, or as a result of their own ploy. The villain in this case is Dr. Chilton. We realize, with the escape of Dr. Lecter, Buffalo Bill was just a subplot to a larger story involving Starling and the cannibal doctor. Lecter calls Starling during her graduation party to broker an impossible truce. Through the call, we discover the egotistical Dr. Chilton is in Hannibal Lecter's sights, even as he lands on a remote island nation and arranges a security detail. Bad for Dr. Chilton, but good for comedy. Audiences like bad things to happen to bad people, even if the punishment comes from an even worse villain. By the end of the movie, it's clear Starling solves the case only through Lecter's careful prodding. Is Lecter's interest in Starling due to pity? Boredom? Desperation? Is it that overwhelming human need for connection that proves rare and fleeting whether or not someone is imprisoned for life? Or was it physical attraction? Dr. Chilton did call her a pretty young woman sent to turn Lecter on. And oh, are you ever his taste, so to speak. Far from Lecter's plaything, Starling wheedles her way into Lecter's heart, but it seems to be the love between parent and child. It's important that Clarice lost both biological parents. She represents an eager student to Hannibal Lecter's age and experience. He is protective of her. He adds those sentimental touches like the towel to dry off with. He makes sure she has her case file before they're permanently separated and leaves her clues that will silence the scream she hears in her sleep. And what kind of parent would miss their child's graduation? He expresses what seems like pride when she exceeds his expectations. Anthrax Island. That was an especially nice touch, Clarice. Yours? But other times he pities her as a pawn of the FBI and an underdog in a profession dominated by men. He appreciates her youth and beauty, his finger lingering on hers when he places her case file through the bars of his Memphis cage, having earlier said, people will think we're in love. But he knows such a statement could only repulse her. He waits for his last chance at a human connection with her before his violent escape, because in his mind, they have formed a bond. Silence of the Lambs is a tale about innocence meets evil. A person who trains hard and plays by the rules should be able to enjoy the American dream. But what if our hero's femininity causes doubts in her colleagues' minds? What if she's emotionally scarred and naive, and her pursuit of success brings her in direct contact with the epitome of evil? What if that evil tries to manipulate that hard-working hero? As I often say, heroes and villains are two sides of the same coin, linked by some internal makeup that blurs the lines between good and evil. One step in either direction, and the roles could be reversed. Hannibal Lecter digs into Clarice Starling's deepest fears and most painful memories, but she shrugs off his attempts to undermine her basic decency. Her propensity for good never wavers. Despite her willingness to take steps toward the dark side, ignoring proper procedure, she stays far from the edge of immorality when playing Lecter's mental games. Clarice Starling doesn't win because she is smarter. She wins because she is incorruptible. She knows where the line is between good and evil, and she never crosses it. You can comment on this episode or suggest new content on my Facebook page, Fiction Briefly. Thanks to Kestrel and Mexican Spy Company for all music and sound production for this show. Again, this has been Fiction Briefly, giving you a glimpse into the mind of an artist. Thank you for listening.